0: The preaching text this morning is from the back is from the book of Ezra. The reading is printed on the back of your bulletin, or you can follow along in your P Bibles on page 366. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a herald throughout all of his kingdom and also a written edict to claim. Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build in a house at Jerusalem and Judah. Any of those among you who are his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go to Jerusalem and Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who is in Jerusalem, and let all survivors, in whatever place they reside, be assisted by the people of their place with silver and gold, with goods and animals, besides freewill offerings, to the house of God in Jerusalem. When the seventh month came, and the Israelites were in the towns, the people gathered together in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, son of Jehoshaphat, with his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Sheetion, with his kin, set out to build the altar of the God of Israel, to offer burnt offerings on it, as prescribed in the law of Moses, the man of God. They set up the altar on its foundation, because they were in dread of the neighboring peoples, and they offered burnt offerings upon it to the Lord, morning and evening. And they kept the festival of booths as prescribed and offered the daily burnt offerings by number, according to the ordinance, as required for each day. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets, and the Levites, the son of Israel, with symbols according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsibly, Praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of joyful shouts from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. What a God we glad.
1: Let us pray. These are your words, O Lord. Your word is the truth. Lead us into the truth. Amen. So there is, there's something, just something about a promise, right, especially a promise when it comes from a reliable source, right, not a word from someone who's flaked out on you a million times, but a, but a promise of one that you can trust. Yeah? It's like being next in line for your favorite thing, right, being next in line for that roller coaster you waited an hour and a half to ride, or walking into the movie theater for that film that you and your family waited for years to come out, um, that feeling that comes over you when you're about to become a parent for the first time. Everyone here can think of a time that they waited, something that they waited and waited and waited for, and, and what was that moment like when it was almost here? Right? When you knew, finally, it was going to happen, right? That's that's the experience our faith ancestors were having in the book of Ezra, chapter one. I just want to reread a portion of that now. In the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, in order that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a herald throughout all his kingdom And also, a written edict declared, Any of those among you who are of his people, may their God be with them, are now permitted to go to Jerusalem in Judah and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. For two generations, God's people had been in exile in Babylon, far away from Jerusalem punished for the sins of their ancestors, hundreds of years of idolatry and greed and faithlessness. And year after year, these exiles, who'd never been to Jerusalem, heard stories of Jerusalem from their parents and grandparents, and they longed for this day when they might go home. And after 50 years, 50 years, that word came. Mighty Babylon was conquered by the Persian Empire, And as this same story is told in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, God came to Cyrus, king of Persia, and told him to build him a temple in Jerusalem. And so so Cyrus sent God's people back to the promised land, back to the land of their ancestors. He said, anyone who wants to go can go. And they went with government funding, even. And I want to think about that amazing moment when they heard that word, when they when they held that promise in their hands, right? They, they'd heard they'd heard someday someday they'd be going back. God had said it'd be seventy years through the prophet Jeremiah. Well, it turns out it was closer to fifty. But fifty years is a long time to wait for something. And and as those children and grandchildren heard the word of God spoken through King Cyrus, king of Persia, that they were now free to go home. They held in their hands a promise so real that they could almost see Jerusalem with their weary eyes. It was such a beautiful moment that these words, uh, these are the words that actually end the Hebrew Bible. Not, not these words from Ezra, but very similar words from 2 Chronicles chapter 36. For our Jewish brothers and sisters, Cyrus's decree ends the entire Bible that moment when the promise was close enough to almost taste and touch and yet not completely fulfill. And it's moments like these that capture my imagination today. There are moments in this life, of course, when we are just sort of covered in sorrow and struggle and we have psalms and songs to articulate those emotions and feelings. And and I know by faith that there's this moment in the future when we will join the heavenly chorus and sing around the throne of God in the new Jerusalem where there will be no more tears and no more suffering and no more sorrow and no more death. But until that comes, the moments that I savor the most are when the promises of God are so near that they feel like they're just close enough to reach out and touch. One example is that moment in Holy Communion. When we receive the bread and the wine in faith and the body and blood of Christ comes near enough to taste with the promise of forgiveness, the assurance of everlasting life. Or those often fleeting moments in family life or community life or work life when when we come together and and love and courage and togetherness can be felt. Like a a family movie when when we all sit together and enjoy one another's company um, and togetherness can be felt, right? Um, or a community moment when we all come together around a common cause or a, or a work moment when that project is, is right on the cusp of being completed and, and a deadline is met and people are served and competency spelled. felt, right? None of those moments is perfect, of course, and they don't usually last very long before life kind of sweeps in and challenges us again. But there's just these moments, Right? when the promises of God are felt, when God's presence is palpable, when we know that our faith is true, and that a day is coming when we won't just hope, but we'll actually see. And that kind of promise changes us. I believe it transforms us. It opens us up to a joy and peace that we can can share with others, right? We're going to sing a hymn in a moment, that's one of my favorite Advent hymns. That hymn is, Fling Wide the Door. That's even fun to say, Fling Wide the Door, right? And I especially love this hymn because it's, it's an especially powerful song about what we do when we're holding a promise in our hands, right? Fling wide the door, unbar the gate, the king of glory comes in state. The one that we wait for, right, is so near that it's time to open wide the gate, right? We, we know what, what the world looks like. It's, it's uncertain and it can be scary and it, we have this feeling about how badly we need walls and, and gates, right, and security and safety and all that stuff. But everything changes when the king comes near, right? When the king is near, we open wide the door, we fully expect him to walk in at any moment, right? That's what bearers of a promise do. We open our hearts, we open our lives, right? And that's risky business, I suppose. Just about anybody could, could walk in, right? There's a vulnerability to having open hearts and open minds. Some may prefer a more closed way of living, right? Don't reach out to strangers. Be careful of anything foreign, right? Trust no one. But I can't live that way, not, not with my king so near. My heart must be open and I suppose just about anybody can walk in. But God is often found among the stranger anyway. So what if instead of being scared and closed in, we acted like people who were keepers of an incredible promise? What if instead of living our lives based on fear, we lived based on God's promise to always be with us and give us exactly what we need? What if instead of looking with skepticism at others, wondering who's out to get us, we looked at the world through God's eyes and saw people as inherently beautiful and gifted, people who could bless us as we bless them and as we bear God to one another. How would that change the way we interact with those around us, especially those who are different from us? It might just begin to look like God's kingdom God's kingdom for us, in us, through us. So rejoice, people of God. Rejoice in peace and promise, for our Lord is near. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? We're next, right? So rejoice. With open hearts and minds, rejoice. As the last line of the hymn we're about to sing says, Come, Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ. Our hearts are open wide. In trust. Oh, show us now your lovely grace upon our sorrows. Shine your face and let your Holy Spirit guide our journey in your grace so wide. Let it be so in the name of the coming Christ. Amen.